Welcome back, everyone. Chip and I are fighting. <laughs> first time in the history. Uh, seriously. We're not, though. So, first time's going to have to wait. Yeah, we're not fighting. But hey, Chip, what day is it? Today is day 218, Eric. We're going to read that? Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 12, through Ezekiel chapter 17 today. I think you're probably right. I am right. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. Uh, how are you guys enjoying the book of Ezekiel? It's... It's crazy. Well, they can't talk back to us here, but they can talk back to us oh, on that's true. social medias. I need to get on social media. I have not seen the comments. Oh. I hear they're pretty good. Yeah. But. I have to tell you, I was disappointed oh. that the day that the Obadiah thing happened, nobody commented on it. Nobody was like, oh, ha, ha, Obadiah. That's why I doubled down on it yesterday. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Because if it's not funny the first time, it yeah. will be funny. It's going to be really it's funny. It's going to continue to be funny. It's going to be so stinking funny, you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh. You're going to laugh and you're going to like so it. Much. You're going to laugh in the car with no wins around. You're just going to laugh. People are going to look at you and be like, who are you laughing at? You'll be you're, like, I'm laughing at Obadiah. You're going to wake up in the middle of the night. You're going to be like, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. You're going to laugh. You laughers. This message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, suppose the people of a country were to sin against me, and I lifted my fist to... I lifted my fist to crush them, cutting off their food supply and sending a famine to destroy both people and animals. Even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, their righteousness would save no one but themselves, says the Sovereign Lord. Hmm. Or suppose I were to send wild animals to invade the country, kill the people, and make the land too desolate and dangerous to pass through. As surely as I live, says the Lord, even if those three men were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved, but the land would be made desolate. Or suppose I were to bring war against the land, and I sent enemy armies to destroy both people and animals. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, even if those three men were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved. Or suppose I would pour out my fury by sending an epidemic into the land, and the disease killed people and animals alike. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved by their righteousness." Now this is what the Sovereign Lord says. How terrible it will be when all four of these dreadful punishments fall upon Jerusalem. War, famine, wild animals, and disease, destroying all her people and animals. Yet there will be survivors, and they will come here to join you as exiles in Babylon. You will see with your own eyes how wicked they are, and then you will feel better about what I have done to Jerusalem. When you meet them and see their behavior, you will understand that these things are not being done in Israel without cause. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Then this message came to me from the Lord. <clears throat> Son of man, how does a grapevine compare to a tree? Is a vine's wood as useful as the wood of a tree? Can its wood be used for making things like pegs to hang up pots and pans? No, it can only be used for fuel. Even as fuel, uh, even and even as fuel, it burns too quickly. Vines are useless both before and after being put into the fire. And this is what the sovereign Lord says. The people of Jerusalem are like grapevines growing among the trees of the forest. Since they are useless, I have thrown them on the fire to be burned. And I will see to it that they escape from one fire, they will fall into another. When I turn against them, you will know that I am the Lord, and I will make the land desolate, because my people have been unfaithful to me. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, confront Jerusalem with her detestable sins. Give her this message from the sovereign Lord. You are nothing but a Canaanite. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. Oh. Whew. On the day you were born, no one cared about you. Your umbilical cord was not cut, and you were never washed, rubbed with salt, and wrapped in cloth. 
No one had the slightest interest in you. No one pitied you or cared for you. On the day you were born, you were unwanted, dumped in a field, and left to die. But I came by and saw you there, helplessly kicking about in your own blood. As you lay there, I said, Live! And I helped you thrive like a plant in the field. You grew up and became a beautiful jewel. Your breasts became full and your body hair grew, but you were still naked. And when I passed by again, I saw you were old enough for love. So I wrapped my cloak around you to cover your nakedness and declared my marriage vows. I made a covenant with you, says the Sovereign Lord, and you became mine. When I bathed you and washed off your blood and rubbed fragrant, fragrant oils into your skin, I gave you expensive clothing of fine linen and silk, beautifully embroidered, and sandals made of fine goatskin leather. I gave you lovely jewelry, bracelets, beautiful necklaces, a ring for your nose, earrings for your ears, and a lovely crown for your head. And so you were adorned with silver and gold. Your clothes were made of fine linen and costly fabric and were beautifully embroidered. You ate the finest foods, choice flour, honey, and olive oil, and you became more beautiful than ever. You looked like a queen, and so you were. Your fame soon spread throughout the world because of your beauty. I dressed you in my splendor and perfected your beauty, says the Sovereign Lord. But you thought your fame and beauty were your own, so you gave yourself as a prostitute to every man who came along. Your beauty was theirs for the asking. You used the lovely things I gave you to make shrines for idols where you played the prostitute. Unbelievable. How could such a thing ever happen? You took the very jewels and gold and silver ornaments I had given you and made statues of men and worshipped them. This is adultery against me. You used the beautifully embroidered clothes I gave you to dress your idols. Then you used my special oil and my incense to worship them. Imagine it. You set before them as a sacrifice the choice flour, olive oil, and honey I had given you, says the Sovereign Lord. Then you took your sons and daughters, the children you had born to me, and sacrificed them to your gods. Was your prostitution not enough? Must you also slaughter my children by sacrificing them to idols? In all your years of adultery and detestable sin, you have not once remembered the the days long ago when you lay naked in a field, kicking about in your own blood. What sorrow awaits you, says the Sovereign Lord. In addition to all your other wickedness, you built pagan shrine... You built a pagan shrine and put altars to idols in every town square. On every street corner you defiled your beauty, offering your body to every passerby in an endless stream of prostitution. Then you added lustful Egypt to your lovers, provoking my anger with your increasing promiscuity. That is why I struck you with my fist and reduced your boundaries. I handed you over to your enemies, the Philistines, and even they were shocked by your lewd conduct. You have prostituted yourself with the Assyrians, too. It seems you can never find enough new lovers. And after your prostitution there, you were still not satisfied. You added your lovers by embracing Babylonia, the land of merchants, but you still weren't satisfied. What a sick heart you have, says the Sovereign Lord, to do such things as these, acting like a shameless prostitute. You build your pagan shrines on every street corner and your altars to idols in every square. In fact, you have been worse than a prostitute, so eager for sin that you have not even demanded payment. Yes, you are an adulterous wife who takes in strangers instead of her own husband. Prostitutes charge for their services, but not you. You give gifts to your lovers, bribing them to come and have sex with you. So you're the opposite of other prostitutes. You pay your lovers instead of their paying you. Therefore, you prostitute, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because you have poured out your lust and exposed yourself in prostitution to all your lovers, and because you have worshipped detestable idols, and because you have slaughtered your children as sacrifices to your gods, this is what I'm going to do. I will gather together all your allies, the lovers with whom you have sinned, 
both those you loved and those you hated, and I will strip you naked in front of them so they can stare at you. I will punish you for your murder and adultery. I will cover you with blood in my jealous fury. Then I will give to you I will give you to these nations who are your lovers, and they will destroy you. They will knock down your pagan shrines and the altars to your idols. They will strip you and take your beautiful jewels, leaving you stark naked. They will band together in a mob to stone you and cut you up with swords. They will burn your homes and punish you in front of many women. I will stop your prostitution and end your payments to your many lovers. Then at last my fury against you will be spent, and my jealous anger will subside. I will be calm and will not be angry with you anymore. But at first, because you have not remembered your youth, but have angered me by doing all these evil things, I will fully repay you for all your sins, says the Sovereign Lord. For you have added lewd acts to all your detestable sins. Everyone who makes up Proverbs will say of you, like mother, like daughter. For your mother loathed her husband and her children, and so do you. And you are exactly like your sisters, for they despise their husbands and their children. Hmm. Truly, your mother was a Hittite and your father an Amorite. Your older sister was Samaria, who lived with her daughters in the north. Your younger sister was Sodom, who lived with her daughters in the south. But you have not merely sinned as they did. You quickly surpass them in corruption. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, Sodom and her daughters were never wicked as you. And your daughters, and your daughters, Sodom's sins were pride, gluttony, and laziness, while the poor and needy suffered outside her door. She was proud and committed, and committed detestable sins, so I wiped her out, as you have seen. Even Samaria did not commit half your sins. You've done far more detestable things than your sisters ever did. They seem righteous compared to you. Shame on you. Your sins are so terrible that you make your sisters seem righteous, even virtuous. But someday I will restore the fortunes of Sodom and Samaria, and I will restore you too. Then you will be truly ashamed of everything that you've done, for your sins make them feel good in comparison. Yes, your sisters, Sodom and Samaria, and all their people will be restored. And at that time, you also will be restored. In your proud days, you held Sodom in contempt. But now your greater wickedness has been exposed to all the world. And you are the one who was scorned by Edom and all her neighbors and by Philistia. This is your punishment for all your lewdness and detestable sins, says the Lord. Now this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will give you what you deserve. For you have taken your solemn vows lightly by breaking your covenant. Yet I will remember the covenant I made with you when you were young. And I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. Then you will remember with shame all the evil you have done. I will make your sisters Samaria and Sodom to be your daughters, even though they are not part of your covenant. And I will reaffirm my covenant with you, and you will know that I am the Lord. You will remember your sins and cover your mouth in silent shame when I forgive you of all that you have done. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. This message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give this riddle. Give this riddle and tell this story to the people of Israel. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. A great eagle with broad wings and long feathers covered with many colored plumage came to Lebanon. He seized the top of a Caesar tree, cedar tree and plucked off its highest branch. He carried it away to a city filled with merchants. He planted it in a city of traders. He, took, he also took a seedling from the land and planted it in fertile soil. He placed it beside a broad river where it would grow like a willow tree. It took root there and grew into a low spreading vine. Its branches turned up toward the eagle and its roots grew down into the ground. It produced strong branches and put out shoots. 
But then another great eagle came with broad wings and full plumage. So the vine sent, sent its roots and branches toward him for water, even though it was already planted in good soil and had plenty of water. So it could grow into a splendid vine and produce rich leaves and luscious fruit. So now the sovereign Lord asks, will this vine grow and prosper? No, I will pull it up roots and all. I will cut off its fruit and let its leaves wither and die. I will pull it up easily without a strong arm or a large army, but when the vine is transplanted, will it thrive? No, it will wither away. When the east wind blows against it, it will die in the same good soil where it had grown so well. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Say to these rebels of Israel, don't you understand the meaning of this riddle of the eagles? The king of Babylon came to Jerusalem, took away her king and princes, and brought them to Babylon. He made a treaty with a member of the royal family and forced him to take an oath of loyalty. He also exiled Israel's most influential leaders so Israel would not become strong again in revolt. Only by keeping her treaty with Babylon could Israel survive. Nevertheless, this man of Israel's royal family rebelled against Babylon, sending ambassadors to Egypt to request a great army and many horses. Can Israel break her sworn treaties like that to get away and get away with it? No! For as surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, the king of Israel will die in Babylon, the land of the king who put him in power and whose treaty he discarded and broke. Pharaoh and all his mighty army will fail to help Israel when the king of Babylon lays siege to Jerusalem again and it destroys many lives. For the king of Israel disregarded his treaty and broke it after swearing to obey. Therefore, he will not escape. So, this is what the sovereign Lord says. As surely as I live, I will punish him for breaking my covenant and disregarding the solemn oath he made in my name. I will throw my net over him and capture him in, in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon and put him on trial for this treason against me. And all his best warriors will be killed in battle, and those who survive will be scattered to the four winds. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will take a branch from the top of a tall cedar, and I will plant it on top of Israel's highest mountain. It will become a majestic cedar, sending forth its branches and producing seed. Birds of every sort of nest will nest in it, finding shelter in the shade of its branches. And all the trees will know that it is I, the Lord, who cuts the tall tree down and makes the short tree go tall. It is I who makes the green tree wither and gives dead tree new life. I, the Lord, have spoken and will do what I said. And that, that is, is our, our reading today. today. Wowza. You know, I meant to point this out yesterday because I thought it was really interesting. The prophecy about Zedekiah, which this prophecy is obviously about Zedekiah too, where it said he'll never see Babylon, but he'll die there because they cut his eyes out and then brought him to Babylon. Yeah. Like what an interesting prophecy that probably made yeah. no sense to the people who are like, okay, so he'll never see it, but he's going to die there. Like, Anyway, very interesting. Eyes were gone. Yep. He did not have eyes to see. He did not. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, not good. Hey, uh, okay, so we just read that. Great okay. passage. A lot of very yeah. vivid language and uh, we read it with a couple things in mind what's this say about god and what's this say about us and then what do we do with that so chip what does it say about god man there's a lot of good stuff in oh, here yeah and just hit one hit me right at the end there okay um but i'm gonna say what i marked earlier and just maybe tie that in if i can hmm. um i'll say it this way god cares for the helpless and his people were helpless like they were helpless and then they were helped and then they became helpless and then they were helped. God cares for his people and he cares for the helpless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's, and we see that in the gospel, you know, we, we are helpless yeah. people in need of a savior and he wants to help us. And he goes to great lengths to help us. And he went to great lengths to help his people over and over and over again. Yeah. 
and 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 when they disregarded his help and did their own thing, you know, they were helpless again. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's just like he helped them, and then they negated it, and they needed help again. And he helped them, and it's just he like he he. That's who God is. He cares for the helpless, even though we deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're going to be punished. You know, for it. Um, that's when he likes to show up and just kind of show off his grace and his mercy. Yeah. And, he, and towards the end here, what hit me with that also was that he doesn't care. He doesn't care how big your tree is. He doesn't care how big you are mm-hmm. or how small you are. If you're big, he can tear you down. If you're small, he can grow you up, you know, and um, he can do what he wants and he will. And, yeah. uh, and it's all because he cares and he has a plan and he wants us to get on board. And if we don't, he still cares and wants to help us through that. If we surrender to him and allow him to do that. Yeah, so I think the so what there is, you know, we need to surrender to him, right? Like we need to let him, allow him to do those yeah. things. And, yeah. 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 Yeah, over again and over again sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, mine's a little bit different from that, but okay. it's just such an interesting... Like, it just stands out to me as what my wife would call, she calls me a Bible nerd. So this just stands out to me, this idea of him mentioning Noah, Daniel, and Job. You know, Oh, yeah. Like, it's I like really that. cool, right? I like that. Especially yeah. if you consider, yeah, Noah lived thousands of years ago. Yeah. Job, thousands of years ago. Daniel, yeah, Daniel's alive right now in this writing. Yeah, he's he's alive doing his thing mm-hmm. in Babylon. So it's just pretty neat to see Ezekiel, a prophet, looking up to... You know, through the Lord's inspiration, of course, another prophet in that prophet getting a shout out. That's kind of cool. But cool. what stood out to me about that is, uh, you know, and I, I think about this from the perspective of a person who both in Massachusetts and now with this church plant in Heston, one of the things that I've seen and that I've witnessed and that I've been up against is this idea of uh, holiness by proxy. Right. Well, my mom and dad were this, so I'm that. Or in New England, especially, it's it's Catholicism. Like, oh, yeah. well, my mom's Catholic, so I'm Catholic. That's, that's really yeah. like that's how it goes. And yeah, then we're Catholic. In in Heston, mm-hmm. it's it's Mennonite. I, I you know Mennonite, and my family's Mennonite, and it, so it's this like holiness by proxy thing. And uh, what he says in that passage is, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, their righteousness would save no one but themselves. Hmm. You know, and so I just think that we need to take it very seriously, both internally for ourselves, but also for the people that we are uh, witnessing to and ministering to. We can't depend on anyone else's righteousness mm. for our salvation, for God's blessing, for God's favor. We can't, you know, we can't depend on any of that stuff. We can't say like, well, you know, my husband, my wife is doing a really great thing for the Lord, so we're going to be fine. Mm. No, your husband and wife or husband or wife is is doing their thing for God and they're going to be blessed for it. He counts, he sees their obedience and he's going to count that obedience toward them. But what are you doing? Mm. You know, well, my mom and dad were super involved in the church. Okay, cool. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and I just think that that sort of like ownership of our own relationship with God is so incredibly important. You know, if, if Daniel's family couldn't be made holy by him, if Job's family, if Noah's family couldn't be made holy by them, what chance do we have if we're not going to obey God and follow where he leads us and do the things he's calling sure. us to do? So You just uh, you just described my 20 years as a youth pastor. Hmm. And even today, I even look at you know, speaking to the youth many times um, on Sunday mornings. I keep them in mind is, is just encouraging them. Your parents' faith 
it can't save you. No. You have That's to so appropriate true. that to your own life. Mm-hmm. You have to now own it. You know, these are the, the formative years. And so we set the example for our kids and grandkids, you know, but we need to encourage them to make a decision. Who will you follow? Yeah. Who will you love and serve? You know, and, uh, and, and hopefully you'll make the right decision, but it, it needs to be your decision. Mm-hmm. And to own that, you can't rest on the, the faith of your parents or grandparents or, um, or, or the religion of them or whatever, whatever it is, however that applies. But, yeah, good word. Yeah. So get real. Get real with it. You know, don't depend on someone else's relationship with God. I think that's what I would say. Examine your own and, and put yourself in a vacuum. What is your relationship with God like is if, if your friend, your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, if they're not making you... Uh, connect with God or if you're not depending on them what's your relationship with God like so it's good okay okay everybody yeah we'll be back we will be back any shout outs Harry anybody want to shout out oh you can put me right on the spot that's fine I don't know you're the one who follows social media you know I don't want to (laughs) shout anyone in particular out oh but we have a lot of listeners who are going through health, health stuff yeah, we do. A lot of health stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, a lot of just stuff. seriously, like, Crazy. so much. And so just know that we are praying for you guys. And mm-hmm. even if you're listening to this 10 years after we recorded it, you mm-hmm. know, you you have stumbled upon the, the Word of God. And there's hope here. And there's mm-hmm. healing here. Maybe not physical healing. Maybe physical healing. I don't know. But there's hope and there's healing here. And so I want to give a big shout out to anyone who is struggling with physical stuff right now. We just want to remind you of, of how loved you are by God. And we value you very much. Yeah. And an encouragement to those prayer warriors out there to intercede on their behalf. Yes. God knows their names. Yes. And uh, just intercede and ask for complete healing and uh, full recovery. Absolutely. Great job. Okay. Okay. We'll be back. Yep. Bye. Bye.